And now we settle this through a children's card game. It's time to do the duel. Welcome back to the Bad Gamecast. This is Jake. This is Jason. And this time we're talking Magic the Gathering Arena. Magic the Gathering Arena Digital Edition. Your favorite card game on your favorite client. Yeah, now out for iOS and Android. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So let's talk about release release, not whenever the fuck beta started. Uh, Released September 2018. Developed by Wizards of the Coast digital game studio is that just what this place is called i'm assuming it's an arm of wizards yeah yes it's it was i believe developed internally uh yeah well just like look it up the wikipedia page it just says wizards of the coast comma digital game studio like that is such a generic ass name yeah as uh we have a generic name podcast (laughs) it's generic that's how you know it's good Hey, I appreciate something that does what it says on the tin. Look, I love generic brand up in Canada. Yeah. It's just the best. The uh, Is it a bright yellow? Mm-hmm. It's just generic. Awful yellow, black typeface. Just, it's so good. It is fan-fucking-tastic. If you don't know what we're talking about, look it up. It's <laughs> great. You'll think it's bullshit. Yeah, it looks fake, and it's so good. <laughs> but, that- yeah, we're here to talk about Arena. Because I have things to say. So we've uh, talked a fair bit of magic, and by we I mean you, uh, through episodes. And uh, if you ever catch the streams, uh, you stream, like you draft uh, when uh, new sets come out on Arena, or you'll play uh, Mitgo. Yeah. Which I've never touched. I get that, which is funny, because... Uh, one of the long parts about this episode is going to be, it's the better one, <laughs> which is honestly impressive at this point. So we've, uh, I played, I've been playing Magic uh, really since War of the Spark. I started at Ice Age, so the first expansion, right? Yeah. Like, uh, early, I'd play with my brother. And then, like, I'd play some in high school, but not, like, you know, just some kitchen table. We were having fun. It was fine, and I had I didn't touch it for years, for years and years and years, and then I don't know what about War of the Spark that it was probably just talking to you, getting all pumped for Magic, and I was like, man, I'll play some fucking Magic, and that was just the set that was out when I was getting back into it, and like I didn't know what a Planeswalker was. I was like, where's the Mana Burn? And you're like, what? <laughs> mana Burn hasn't been a thing for like 20 years, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> where's Urza? Urza's dead. What do you mean Urza's dead? Hey, he's been dead for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah and uh, I started playing around the original, the original, original Ravnica and then Kamigawa block. Years and years and years and years and years and years ago. And I got more and more into it as the years went on up to the point where I was playing, uh, you know, it was, uh, mild grinder level. You know, I would play in GPs that were nearby so, like, the big tournaments, I don't feel like explaining the entirety of Magic tournament structure, but they were, like, the big competitive tournaments. Sure. Um, so, like, I was, you know, a quote-unquote more serious Magic player. And so I uh, now, you know, it's funny playing now and playing 
reverting back into kind of like a commandery playing with people format and being the one who ends up having to and and uh rules lawyering people not like trying to bully people with the rules but just being like no that's how the rule works uh well like it has been a while since i've played with uh, anybody that wasn't you or one of my children so when we were sitting playing a uh, commander with a bunch of other people and their game would stop and the game that we were playing somebody would be like jason rules question and that happened frequently and it was fantastic to watch as you didn't stop playing and you would just fire off <laughs> it was it's it's impressive it's impressive to watch somebody with a lot of knowledge on something just as easily and offhanded as you would rules lawyer yeah i it was i considered actually being a judge at one point I became a rules advisor, which is the step before judge, and then there's like a judge program. But I never actually went all the way for it because it was just like it takes a ton of time. And at the time, and basically all the time, judges are horribly compensated. Are they? Yeah. That sucks. So it was like, hey, it's a lot of work, but if you like magic, it doesn't feel like as much work as it actually is. And you're like, that's not great. <laughs> so, you know, I, I never actually became a judge, but. Uh, I know a lot of the rules. There's obviously going to be some sticky bits. Yeah. I have yet to explain layers to anyone, which is good. Because it's one of the most complicated parts. I don't even know what that it would mean. Yeah. Continuous effects are applied in different orders. Sure. Yes. <laughs> that's all I'm going to get into right no, here that's, on this that's podcast. Fine, yeah. Because otherwise, this is not going to be an hour of me complaining about Magic the Gathering Arena. This is going to be an hour of me explaining layers. <laughs> and I don't think anyone needs that right now. And if anybody actually wants that, they can uh, write in or tweet or hit us up Absolutely. on the Discord. Or... If that's something you want, <laughs> just write in because, like, I can't be stopped once I start talking. And I will be definitive in my statements and I will be 100% wrong because layers are confusing. <laughs> Uh, so that's the background of us as magic players. And so then arena, it's like how you play magic online. So you don't have those pesky physical cards and being in a physical space with yeah. other people. And it just sucks. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. Right. Uh, I, cause, uh, you would probably told me about it because I would have no way of hearing about it when it was still in beta. Yep. And my first thought was, oh boy, uh, like a digital version of Magic so I can play and I don't have to find somebody because it'll just match you up with someone because mm -hmm. who the fuck do you know that plays Magic? It, it turns out uh, a lot of people play Magic, but you know, when you're a shut-in, <laughs> you don't know anybody. Uh, and it was, um, hmm, hmm. I want to talk about the good before we start dogpiling on the bad. And it deserves it and it has it coming, and, but it's shiny. Yeah. And what I mean is it, it there's sound effects and visuals for stuff that happens and triggers and the way that it just like adds on counters and all that stuff is a nice presentation when it works, which was what I didn't like about Mitko besides I don't understand uh, the Magic the Gathering online, if you don't know what uh, MTGO is. Yeah, which is like it is Magic the Gathering online, which came from... Uh Magic the Gathering with digital objects, 
MT yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, because it's like the I mean at this point super archaic windowed layout that it has and like Yeah, it looks like an old program because it is. Because it is. And like I don't like looking at it, I don't understand what the fuck anything is. But like the only other digital magic that I had played was the uh what is that like first card game where you walk around the map and then you like gather resources and you can buy cards and for the life of me I can't think what it was called, but fuck I love that game. Yeah. So, like, oh, I had to play, like, oh, it's going to be like that. Well, no, it's not like that because it's multiplayer folks. It's like, oh, that's fine. I had to play the matches that I want to play. And then, you know, bullshit. Jason, take it away. Right. So, the biggest strength of Arena is that it's magic. And that's uh, as much shit as Wizards gets for a lot of stuff that they do wrong. And I'm not going to touch on a lot of the stuff I don't, that I dislike that they've done uh, creating the game of magic. Right. We've come off of years of bans. We're finally through that. Maybe it's getting better. Maybe it's not. It's hard to tell. They're super weird with balancing uh, just the general game. But at its core, I really love Magic. <laughs> Obviously, as I've played it for so long, I was serious about it for a while. I still love playing it. You know, uh, fairly recently, we started playing like Commander Knights, as I said, in person. Just. Uh, reaching out to some friends I knew and being like, all right, look, I know we're all adults and busy, but like if we can set aside one week a month, you know, like every four weeks, get together, commander night, play some games. And we've been through a few and it's been really fun. I've enjoyed it. Same. I like playing magic. Arena is almost like magic, (laughs) but it's not. And I get why they do this. So Commander, uh, for people who don't know, is a format. It's much more, there's a bunch of rules. It was designed long ago as a way for like judges to play with a bunch of random cards they had if they weren't you know, actively keeping up with standard. It's hmm. a very much more casual format as it was always intended to be. It's a four-player multiplayer. Games tend to go long. Yeah. And so part of the reason why they don't have anything like that on Arena is because of that. They are looking to get people in, get games, get out, right? It's something you can do because they've been targeting the phone the whole time. It is now available on your phone. They want you to be able to play on the go. And you can't really play on the go if a game is an hour. Yeah. Like, that. that is so much time that, like, that's not a thing. You can't just pop a quick our uh, phone game. So, uh, when it comes to basically everything they do, uh, standard as well as limited, they have focused in on one game. Play a game, get in, get out. And for people like me who are used to playing competitively, uh, that feels awful. A large part of uh, real competitive play is that it's a best of three format. <laughs> See, uh, because for me, best of three feels weird. Oh, best of three is so good. Uh, for starters, gives you a whole sideboard. Yeah, what the fuck is sideboarding? It, it is a 15 cards outside of your deck that let you bring in in between games, that let you change your deck which is like, okay, if you anticipate to see a lot of, this is the, you know, the hot deck, right? Everyone's playing it. You can put cards into your sideboard that are really strong against that deck so that 
if you come up against it, you can bolster your deck significantly, which is great. Yeah. So that it creates this, you know, much more interesting, like, oh, you have counterplay and you ha- your deck is going to change and their deck is going to change in between games to try to, you know, find, you know, those bits to gain advantage. But it takes a while. You have to play three whole games. And so uh, a lot of their stuff is focused on one game. Now, magic inherently has a random element. Randomness, RNG, you can't control it. Like, that is how it be, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you can't control it unless you're uh, stacking your deck because you're a piece of shit. Right, cheaters. One of the first things is that there is best of three on arena is supposed to be true random. Best of one isn't. Okay. So when you get your first seven cards... I no one knows the exact how it works. I believe what I've heard, and I don't know if this is right, is that basically the shuffler will generate multiple seven card hands, and then it will pick the one where the land distribution is closest to that of your deck. Oh, that doesn't feel right. Yeah. So it's pseudo random, which is um. A weird feeling that, like, the game is doing additional things beyond just shuffling and giving you your cards. I don't... I don't like that. <laughs> like, randomness is a part of the game. And this is a way for them to, you know, try to make there be less non-games. But they're doing it by injecting a code that we don't really know what it does. I mean... I think if you ever watch anybody play Arena on YouTube, you will definitely hear the phrase, shuffler's fine. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, a, it's a weird little thing that, like, again, we don't know. And I, I know why they don't release what it exactly does, because people would try to game it yeah. to get an advantage. But, like, to know that the game is doing something other than shuffling a pile of cards and you draw the top seven feels weird uh, it feels bad yeah like why why wouldn't it just be random because like that's how you play magic yeah like if you're in person you shuffle you draw seven if it sucks you mulligan like there's a system for like oh if you drew bad cards your opening you can do away yeah it. and like the same mulligan system that is in arena yeah that lets you do that just with their real weird algorithm so you get uh, I'm sure that they would call it an optimal hand. Yeah. So it's it's just weird. Which, like, also isn't right, because I've also, like, I've had games where my opening hand has no mana in it. Yeah. Which, like, good. I should see that if it's random. Well, and that's the, like, it's hard to tell what exactly is going on, because we don't know whether it generated two zero mana hands or it generated a zero and a seven mana hand. And it was like, well, zero is closer than seven. Yeah. Because you have less than half of your deck is mana. So it gives you the zero. (laughs) It's very weird. It's fucking... Yeah. So that's something just actively in the game. The other thing is that, and this is why uh, one of the big reasons I call Magic uh, Arena Magic-like, is there's a problem with digital objects 
and uh, Magic as a whole is a very complex game. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of interactions. The more cards you add, the more interactions there are. And there are a lot of cards, both in Magic and even on Arena. They have enough sets that they've reached a lot of weird interactions. Mm-hmm. Or they just print a card, a single card. Its uh, name is Scoot Swarm. <laughs> and it literally broke the client. Yeah, it did. As it turns out, and I don't know who at Wizards didn't think about this or just didn't care, because it's fun and cool. Exponential numbers get big very, very fast. Exponentially, you might say? Almost like that. <laughs> so it's a creature that, like, once you have six lands, it doubles the amount of itself every time you play a land. And so it goes from one to two to four to eight to so forth and so on. My God. <laughs> it would crash your game. It was very easy when it first came out to just play the card and just crash the game. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. Because at a point, you'd be putting thousands of triggers on the stack to create thousands of scoot swarms, and the game just couldn't and cannot handle it. Yeah. It, it would literally start screaming. And then die. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it, the, the stack would never resolve. The game would just end as it just froze. <laughs> yeah. That's bad. But their solution was, okay, you can't have more than 250 tokens on the battlefield, ever. Now, you might be thinking, okay, so you can't exponentially grow your stupid weird bug, fine. You can only have 250 of them. (gasps) No. You can only have 250 things on your board. That includes everything else. Yeah, so like, if you start... It is very easy in a token generating deck and doing some weird cool stuff. Stuff that people find fun because it's weird and bad but is cool and interesting to very quickly hit that limit. Yep. You know, there's a card that makes a token of any card and you have a card that says whenever you make a token instead make two. And so you target it with that. So like now you get multiple tokens of the card that says make multiple tokens and then it just explodes and you're like, I make one token and it makes 80 and you're like, that's cool. And then the game crashes. (laughs) And then the game dies on you. Or uh, in this case now, after all of that, you cast it and you've made so many tokens of the thing that makes more tokens that you only get like 10. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I'm supposed to get, you know, Several hundred, and it's like, well, you we only have the resources left for ten. You can have ten. So you would win this game in real life, because in real life, you just have to keep track of it, which is funny, because uh, it, like, never works. You'll see it in Commander when people have to, like, do things like Scoot Swarm math, and it's just like, how many do you have? I don't know, way too many. <laughs> Thousands. I stopped counting. Well, like, at a certain point, it also doesn't matter. Yeah, and in Commander, that works fine. Technically, in competitive environments, you have to know. Yeah. So uh, you'll see people with, like, sheets of paper and calculators to keep track of everything. That makes sense. So. I had, uh, having never been to a, like, I've never seen in person a tournament. I imagine that, like, most people have a notebook or something to keep track of shit because it's almost like there's a lot going on. Yeah. It's like chess if they had uh, every... What, four times a year, uh, they brought out new pieces that did new shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't know what a, pe- a pieces your opponent had until they started moving them? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you'll see large amounts of people note-taking for 
both like board state stuff and that kind of, but also just what your opponent has. Cause it's like, okay, you need to know what they're playing. And sure. Again, there's meta decks, but like knowing what your opponent is playing so that when you get to your sideboard is important. So taking notes being like, okay, this is what they're doing. Yeah. So yeah, taking notes is an important part of magic competitively. So it capping you is just one of those things where I'm like, okay, but you would win in paper. Uh, it kind of goes the same for there's obviously a timer system. Uh, it's very, it's, uh, they literally just ganked it from Hearthstone. Uh, <laughs> it's a rope. After, yeah, after yeah. so long, a rope appears in the middle and burns down to one end. Yeah, it burns for 30 seconds. Yeah. And then your turn ends, which is, uh, there are combos on Arena that are so many clicks to resolve. Yes. That it actually, you won't win the game by the time you finish like trying to resolve it yeah you have to click more than the timer allows you to do so your sol out of your combo or god forbid you have some infinite combo yeah because you just have to keep clicking and if it's one of those combos that only does one damage each cycle you have to click it for each life point your opponent has and god forbid they've gained life and you have to click through this cycle 40 times yes but in paper again you just go i do this 40 times you're dead it's so nice. It's so nice to be able to say, I do this thing. I have demonstrated the combo. Here is combo. <laughs> yep. And I get it. Like, because uh, MTGO is the same way. You have to click through the whole combo. That makes sense. Now, occasionally, you'll get people that concede, both in Arena and on uh, MTGO. They're like, all right. You, yep. They you, see the combo. Right. You've yep. clearly won. We can move on. But you will get people who are just like, Either they aren't paying attention or they really want this win and they will make you play it out and you're just sitting there clicking over and over and you're like, you're dead, but this is exciting. See, and and like I'm of two minds on that one because uh, on the one hand, if you're pulling your combo off, I see what you're doing and let's say it's only plinking me for one health each time, you know, right? If I've been playing for a while and just getting dumpstered by whatever the fucking meta currently is, because even though I'm not playing standard, everyone's running the same fucking decks against me. The non-competitive spot that I'm at, because I don't want to fucking play your stupid competitive game. I just want to fuck around with some cards and see how it works. Uh, casual player. All day, baby. That uh, sometimes, you know, after I've got my shit rock for like 45 minutes, I'll just saltily make someone play out their fucking combo. No, no. Fucking do it. <laughs> Which is good. You know, you want that in players. Just all yeah. the salt. <laughs> More salt, yeah. Yeah. Which actually brings me to... Uh, I usually, like, just get off at that point. Like, I'm not I'm not having fun. What am I doing yeah. here? A uh, problem that I have with the game, which is not their fault, but is, like, the... It, it is just the state of the game. Competitive and meta decks don't go anywhere. They are, like... People post, you know, these are the best decks, how they're performing, these are meta decks, and people use them in the ranked queue mm-hmm. and the unranked queue. And the unranked queue. Because there is no there is no way to police an unranked queue. You say, this is not ranked, play your jank here. Well, the quest system is, you know, cast so many cards, but you also get rewards for daily wins. So... Hold on, what's the uh, quest system? There... Every day you get a quest to either, there's a whole bunch of either cast cards of a certain color, uh, destroy your opponent's creatures, attack, play lands, that kind of stuff. Most of it can be done without winning. Uh, I think all of it can be done without winning. It gives you gold. Gold can be turned into packs or enough gold can be spent to enter like drafts and stuff. Some of them, not all of them. Yeah. 
Like, uh, I feel bad for anybody that isn't familiar with Magic the Gathering at all because we have not explained the game in any way, shape, or form. No, because as I said, I don't think that's important. Cause, and especially because I do really like Magic. I have problems with Arena and... Yeah, the problem here is the client, not the game itself uh, necessarily. Yeah, going into gold because... Uh, no, okay. Gold will come up later. I have a lot to talk about that. So, uh, what was I on? The uh, quest system. You like, So, you get your quests every day... But the best way to get your gold and get your wins, because you also get gold for daily wins up till uh, like 15 or something, is to play the best decks. Well, yeah, because you don't get it if you don't win. Yeah, for the win section, you have to win. Yeah. So the best way to do that is to play either the best deck or the fastest deck. You will see a lot of people playing really aggressive decks just because it's the fastest. You know if you've won or lost by turn three or four, and you can just either win or concede. Just go. You're just trying to jam. You're not trying to play an interesting deck or have fun. You're just trying to... I'm trying to grind out wins. Grind out wins. Gotta grind, baby. Mm, there we go. There it is. Just trying to grind. Not having fun. It's about the grind. Yeah. Look, that ranked queue is not going to climb itself, my guy. It's not even ranked. It's just trying to get gold to get cards. Because you kind of have to. It's not to get to Mythic by the end of the month? Yeah, you can do that easy. Okay. Yeah. Look at you with my deck building ability. Fuck it. Man, that ain't me. I'm happy if I make it to gold. No, you just look online for the best deck and build it and play it. Oh, no. We haven't talked about wild cards in the economy yet, so that's going to have to wait. So that's the even in unranked. Like, unranked is still you're just facing the best ranked decks most of the time. Yeah. Which feels great. Exactly. There's, there's no escape from it. And, again, it's not just magic that's like this i basically i think every card game i've played is like this there's nowhere you can go that's like casual and people actually be casual about it because people are there to win so they'll play the best decks sure and that that sucks uh yeah but uh, i you and i have definitely talked about this um we will sit down we will play a game you will win i don't care because I don't care if I win. Like, that that's not the enjoyment that I'm getting out of the game. I'm not a very competitive person anyway, so, like, I'm not seeking that W. It doesn't matter for me. The enjoyment I get is when we sit down and we, we're bullshitting, we're having a good time playing a card game, right? Which is what I got onto Arena for in the first place. Like, I just want to sit down, like, there's some cards I can get the digital versions of. I can, like, see some of the interactions. I can dick around with them. And it I don't have to buy a box or a bunch of packs, which is fine because I have your digital in-game currency that I can spend on it. So there's no out-of-pocket money for me here. And then it's just rogues, rogues all the way down, or some goddamn Field of the Dead shenanigans, game after game. Just not even like fun degen shit, just degen shit. It's fun because if you are aware of magic, you know exactly when Jake last played. Yep. Uh, I've recently hopped on since then. Uh, because Alex and I were just playing. Yeah. So like I it was just him and me. I didn't touch anything the fuck else. Yeah, so it I mean Rogues is what killed it for me. Yeah. You can't escape those best decks and like Rogues was fairly cheap to build and very strong. Yeah. And cheap to build is an important point as to why it was so prevalent. Because um here's here it is, the biggest thing uh, against Arena Boy, howdy, is it a digital game with a digital game economy? Yeah. Sorry, mobile game with a mobile game economy. 
There are gems you can buy for real world money and spend those gems to buy packs or, again, entrance to uh, drafts. I still have an unused draft token. And uh, those gems come in varying amounts. And, you know, those amounts never sync up with packs or drafts. If you spend $100, you get so many packs. But then you have a few left over. And that's not useful for anything unless you buy more. Unless you get some more. Or, you know, you buy the smaller set. And then you don't actually have quite enough to get that large set of packs. <sighs> You're just 100 off. Ugh, better spend some more money. Yeah. So it's got that going for it. As we said, those are gems. And when I said those quests and the daily rewards are all in gold, because that's right. Got to have two currencies, your in-game currency that you earn by spending time and the, you know, expensive real world analog currency. Yeah. Well, you have your in-game currency that's bullshit and is basically worth nothing. Yeah. And then the paid currency. Because a draft is like 1,500 gems or 10,000 gold. Yeah! And that 10,000 gold will only take you like 7 to 10 days, depending on how much you play. And that's, by 7 to 10, I mean 7 to 10 if you play every day. If you play every day and grind out all of your wins and the quests. Yeah, if you don't play every day, you might get to draft once a month. And uh, as someone who isn't good at drafting because I've got no experience drafting, I get to spend all this time grinding up the money for that to what feels like waste it when I get dumpstered my first three games because I'm not good at it. Yeah. And so here's a big, uh, big part of uh, why I wanted to talk about this was new player experience. It doesn't apply to me basically at all because I came in at the beta, right? Right at the very beginning, they're like, oh, what's your DCI, which is your, uh, I don't even know what it stands for, but it's your uh, number that you use to play tournaments, competitive tournaments. Sure. And so only people with DCIs were given the very first beta. You know, you had to go out of your way to be like, I play competitive magic and you have to sign up. Sure. And so, like, I was one of the first people playing this game. Keep the plebs out. <laughs> yeah. And, like, so I've been playing this whole time. And, again, having played Magic uh, competitively, when I do that, uh, I tended to go to limited uh, sealed and draft tournaments. It's my favorite format. I love drafting. So I go on and draft, and I turn all my gems into more gems and my gold into gems. And uh, Arena, for me technically functions like it functions for what i want in magic which is drafting i just always want to be drafting but that's not most people and so for you uh and for the new player they come in and you get some bad decks some bad pre-builds hold on uh drafting is where uh you get you open a pack of 15 cards and you pick one and you hand the stack to the person next to you and you keep doing that until you have a, a deck out of it. Just what, 40 cards? Uh, the oh, end like deck 20 or so and then you throw some lands in or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're getting random shit and there's an element to it where you're playing the table, which I've never done in person and it, I know, I know it doesn't feel the same in a digital version. No, um, because not only is magic like chess, magic is also like poker. Yeah. So especially so in a competitive draft, it's actually not that different because you are straight up not allowed to talk. 
Sure. But in less competitive drafts, you'll have people making noise and kind of saying things here and there and just kind of, especially if you know the people, there is an element of drafting and it's like, oh, well, you're up to the mercy of whatever you open. And that is true. But there's also several different interplays of what's each draft format has going to have better best decks. So you're going to know which are the best cards well, those are going to be the most highly drafted. And if you open those, do you just go for those best cards, try to build that? Or do you try to realize that you're not getting any of those cards or any of those cards of that color? That means the people next to you are taking them. So you should be going for one of the weaker subtype, you know, uh, paths. But because it's more open, you'll get much better cards because no one else is taking them. There's a lot of interplay between trying to read what your opponents are drafting and the colors and cards that are missing, as well as what signals you're sending to the people next to you by what you're taking. That's what I love. It's a puzzle of trying to uh, figure out what the people next to you are drafting, what signals you're sending, if you can make them understand what you're drafting. Because if so, since you don't play the people you're drafting with, you go out and you face whoever, then you don't like everyone should work together to try to make the best decks there's no reason to hate draft something because you're probably never going to see that person sure so there is in uh again in competitive do you actually do play in your pods so if there is something that's like stupid good you actually want to just like potentially bury it although that's <sighs> there's a whole thing about it. you actually shouldn't even if you go up against them like it's the amount you gain from taking a good card away from them versus taking a good card for yourself is not worth it. That makes sense. Yeah. So hate drafting is actually technically bad. Don't do it. But like people still will. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing I say here will change people's nature. No, no. People are always going to do petty shit out of spite. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you come on to the client and you get these bad decks that are not competitive. They're just mostly garbage. Uh, and you're told, hey, go play. And like, so you can jump into standard and just get wrecked by the current meta deck. And then people tell you, well, you need to build up your collection. And they're like, the best way to do that is draft. But if you aren't a draft expert and you don't play a lot and you don't really want to get into that, like limited's not your jam, what are you to do? <laughs> uh, yeah, so like, there's kind of a lot of cards. And uh, sure, if you're drafting, it's a single set. So that's much less cards. But if you just hit that button because you wanted to see what it did and then you'd spend the gold or gems to get into it, you're probably going to have a bad time unless you looked up the cards on your own goddamn time so you could see what they were. I guess you could do it in the client too. But like you're going to have to look and see what those cards are and then go through them so that you know what it is that you're looking for, which you're probably not going to do if you're just sitting down to fuck around and see what it is. Because why would you do that? Why are you putting that much research time into it? And so you've got stuff that comes up, and then like you see the like the different color, like oh, so this is a uh, this is mythic, or right? So you're just uh, rare drafting, and then you're left with this pile of five colors that that ain't gonna fucking work. But you don't know that, and so you lose. You lose all three games, and now you're out all of that. And you might have some cards, but they might not be anything that you can use in a deck, too, because you, you just have your shitty pre-built. So it's not like you have anything good to throw with even the good cards that you got. So go do it again. But now you don't have the 
resources. Oh, right, right. So you can just give them more money mm, mm, mm. and do it again and then have the same experience. <laughs> uh, and then still not have anything. Okay, well, you could just buy packs to try to get wild cards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is horrible. The conversion rate is genuinely terrible. Yeah. Yeah, they're stupid expensive for the digital ones. Yeah. It uh, is amazing how close to regular actual physical cards they priced it. And you got to think why. Uh, to make the most money. I mean, no, I, I know why. But, like, it's it's a digital card game. So why wouldn't it be significantly cheaper because they don't have something I can actually hold? Yeah, and uh, which is an interesting part of the magic as a card game. A large part of it, people uh, call it magic TCG, trading card game. Because theoretically, a large component of it is trading cards, right? The idea would be that you open packs or whatever, you acquire your cards. The cards you want, you keep. The cards you don't want, maybe you find someone or a store and you trade in the ones you don't want, get the ones you do, right? There's a secondary market part of it where you can trade your cards for some amount of value. Yeah. That does not exist on Arena. Mm-hmm. There is no trading. Once you have a card and it's in your collection, it's there forever. Well, unless it gets banned. No, it's still in your collection. You're just not allowed to play with it anymore. <laughs> and so, like, there's no turning your cards into other cards. There's no trading with other people. Once you have a card, it's there forever. So, like, drafting, you're like, oh, cool, I got these cards. But if you didn't want them, they're not useful for you. It didn't do you anything. They're just in your collection. Are you going to play them? No. No. Great. So instead, you buy packs to get random cards that you might never play. But occasionally, you'll get wild cards. And wild cards can be spent on anything. And I think there's this inherent problem because because once you craft a card with a wild card, it is that card forever. And as I said, there's no way to change that. People don't want to spend their wild cards. Because if you spend it on a card and... The draft, the deck you build is, you know, goofy, right? Oh, you just want to play something fun. And then the, like the deck, but the deck is bad. Yeah. You craft this card, you spend rare wild cards, which are rare. Uh, you get one for every six packs you open. Do you? I believe so. Man. But so like to put four of a rare into your deck, that's 24 packs. Like you have to open a lot of packs to get these wild cards. Yeah. And then, like, the deck's bad. You just wasted all those wild cards. And so it stifles people wanting to play those weird decks, which, again, gets people to homogenize towards cheap, efficient, and very good decks. Why build a pet weird deck when you are spending these resources that are actually hard to get? So just go online, look up the best deck, and build that one. Because otherwise you're wasting your wild cards. Yeah. And I've seen streamers talk about this, even big ones, where it's like, it takes a lot to build decks. Uh, comically, if you're trying to build some standard decks from nothing, if you build a new account and you were like, I just going to buy packs to build a standard deck, it will cost you several hundred dollars, which is the cost of most of these decks in paper as well. Hmm. And then in paper, you can go sell the deck uh, at potentially lost potentially not these magic cards are you know kind of weird potentially again yeah in arena uh no those are just your cards forever so when rotation comes uh they're just not good anymore goodbye it's gone do it again more money please yeah so like if you're just playing standard you have to constantly pour money into this game yeah money 
I don't even. I was gonna say money or time. I don't honestly don't know if no, you no. could keep up. Uh, no. Like I doubt it. Money and or time. Right. Like if you spend enough oh, time, time, then you can cut down the amount of money you spend, but you're not gonna get rid of it unless you're willing to be good at and engage with limited. Drafting is the only way to quote unquote go infinite. <laughs> Uh, once you reach a certain level of wins in draft, you get both your entry fee and additional cards back. And if you can maintain that threshold or average that threshold, uh, then you can draft forever and have infinite cards. Very, very few people are able to do that, especially over long periods of time. Yeah. I consider myself very lucky to be nearly that level. Uh, if there's a draft format that I don't like or don't get, I just stop playing. But mostly I can just draft forever. I have built up a lot of cards doing this. And that's why I get to do the dumb stuff. I wanted to play a deck. There's an enchantment that's like six mana. And whenever you play a creature, it flips a coin. And if you get heads, you get a copy of that creature. Yeah. It's very stupid. Very bad enchantment. I built a deck with four of them because I thought it was funny. Most, it is funny. Right? <laughs> and then you just slam a creature down, and you're like, I hope I get a bunch. And it's like, tails, 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 you lose. Yeah, all right, but when that goes off, God, it's magic. Yeah, and you're like, I now, have, from an empty board, I have 30 creatures, and it gives them all haste, and you just kill them out of nowhere. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> but also, I have the ability to spend wild cards on bad shit like that that I know will win like one out of every 30 games I play because I can. And other people, again, with how much time and effort it takes to grind up this stuff, especially if you're coming in new, I can't imagine doing that. Yeah, so, uh, I, I can't either. I uh, I would play, and then, like, I don't want to play the meta decks. I just wanted to play jank, shit that looked fun, because I don't really care if I win. Like, I just want to have a decent time. You know, I'm off of work. I just want to play some magic. I, I don't give a shit about my win rate. Uh, so then I'm like, I'm watching some YouTubers play some arena. I'm watching some people just play weird jank. Oh, this looks like fun. It's complicated and weird and it almost never works, but it looks like a blast. And then like you look at the deck list and it's like, oh yeah, well you just need like 16 wild cards for this. Ah, okay. So it's unattainable for me forever. Great. Or, or you just get the season pass, my guy, you know? Then you get those season rewards too. Oh shit, season rewards. Yeah, they're not that good. They are not that good. You get a little pet that sits on the side though. That's fun. Uh, like, I don't know how I feel about the season pass being like the value is some aesthetic stuff, yeah. which I suppose is good that it's not like gameplay related really, but it is just more ways that in addition to again the uh, currencies to buy with your real world money there's a season pass to buy to get all the things well yeah but then the more time that you put in that pays off i don't think it pays off the 30 bucks that you put in for the season pass never but you know you do get a little extra a little pat on the butt and good job mm -hmm. the first like two i think season passes paid back your full gem amount by the end i think so yeah but then they stopped doing that we have to roll it back. Yeah, well, that's too much. If you complete the season pass, it shouldn't pay for itself. Because if it doesn't, then every time you buy it, you're losing a little. And sinking a ton of time into the game. 
Which you were doing when you completed the season pass anyway. Yeah. And because what they want is addicts, not like people having fun. They want people who get on every day to grind, and it becomes part of their life to just get on Arena and play. And then when they're short, they just buy some gems. Oh, you know, just throw your five, ten bucks here or there. Yeah. And then, you and know. A hundred bucks once a year. Yeah. Lash them all together with the whales who will buy anything forever. Yeah. Uh, and there you go. Profit. And it has turned a ton of profit. It's an ignorant amount of money yes. they make on this. It prints money. But that's just it. Like, it prints money because the economy sucks for the player. <laughs> you know, and, like, um, part of my problem with Magic is that it's a pay-to-win card game. If you have infinite money, you just get the best cards. Easy. To a point, yes. Well, yeah, you still got to know how to play them. Right. There's like, you still got to pilot that shit at the end of the day. There is a point where, uh, and you see this in competitive Magic, where, like, Getting into once you get your deck is a large hill because there's usually a people, you know, tier structures. There's usually a group of tier one decks. Yeah. Those are the best decks. And once you buy into one, it's a matter then of practice and knowing your deck, knowing the other decks. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. But that buy-in still exists. You have to get to the point where you actually have the deck. And depending on the format, uh, standard that's a several hundred modern that's uh like i could throw out numbers but i don't honestly know at the moment it used to be more in the like five to eight hundred range and then legacy thousands vintage fifty thousand yeah for a deck yeah so like uh coming in playing paper uh that's intimidating when like i just want to buy a card and I go someplace, and it tells me that it's worth... Uh, this single card is worth, like, 80, 120 bucks. And I'm, like, I'm not spending that much on a fucking card, right? For, like, this deck that's not even that good. Like, I don't care that much. Yeah, and that's you run into that all the time. Yeah. Like, cards are just... Some cards are just really expensive. But, like, Arena, uh, the same is true there. You just don't get to see the monetary value? Correct. And also, here's the uh, uh, going back to the previous point on Arena, all cards of the same rarity are the same price. Yeah, which means again, so like in a, any set, you'll see the good cards, the ones that become staples in Standard and God forbid Modern and Legacy, their price goes up, mm -hmm. and the ones that suck, their price goes down. Yeah, there's a reason that most places have you know dollar rare bins, mm -hmm. and if you're willing to look, you can find rares that are less than that. You fifty cent, twenty five cent rares, because some of them just suck. Yeah, I mean some of them can be pretty good though. Yeah, or you know they're just narrow and just not you know it's whatever card. Yeah, yeah. But on Arena, they're all the same. So you have no incentive to build to make the bad card over the good card. You should only ever make the good cards. So again, people only make the good cards with their wild cards. And the bad cards, even if they're kind of interesting, you're like, oh, that does a cool thing. I could see a deck that wants that never gets played. <laughs> this is why I'm spending my wild cards on Thousand Year Storms. Because yeah. it's funny. It is. And it was. Uh, I imagine that the friends list is fixed now. Oh, yeah. I mean, so <laughs> the game breaks all the time. Yeah. Uh, every time they release a new set, there'll be some amount of hiccups because Wizards of the Coast is notoriously bad at digital 
everything. That's what I wanted to say. Uh, I understand that it's a complicated game, and you start, like, really drilling into the rules, and shit gets wild. And you would have a hard time trying to program in all of the interactions for all of the cards that are on there correctly. Sure, it's a work in progress. I totally understand that. It's a shame that Wizards doesn't make money hand over fist and doesn't put that back into development of the game. Yeah, so there's this weird thing. Uh, MTGO, the online, the old spreadsheet-looking version one, <laughs> used to be known as uh, just bug-ridden mess. And it does still have bugs, because it has every card. Yeah. It goes all the way back to alpha. You can play vintage on MTGO, <laughs> which is funny, because that's really where you should be playing vintage, because it costs so much less. Yeah. Because, like, you can't get the cards out of it, so they're only worth what they're worth to people online. So, like, a Black Lotus is, like, a dollar. Oh, Cause like, if you want to play vintage, sure you need it, but if you're not playing vintage, it's not worth anything. Yeah. So uh, a lot of the older cards are actually less expensive because they don't have the collector issue. Um. So yeah, there's this. Uh, where was I? Brain. <laughs> Brain. Um. MTGO used to be the bug-ridden mess. Yeah. Honestly, have playing both, having played both, it they're about the same. Mm. Arena does not work well. It has bugs where your friend list will stop working. At one point, it basically just like, your friend list didn't work at all. They basically deleted it. Yeah. It, which, by the way, it took them like a year, over a year, to actually put that in the game. They never did a spectator mode. So when they hosted tournaments on it, everyone had to send their screen to Wizards because there was no spectator mode. That's so weird. Yeah, it's... Like, little dumb things that is, like, why didn't they ever implement this? Yeah. So, like, if two, if you have two friends playing, you can't watch. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, like... And as I said, because why? Mo multiplayer games take too long, they never implemented that. There is no three or four player games. So, if you've got multiple friends online, I, you can play with one of them. Are they ever going to? Sounds like mostly no. Uh, it's... So, it's magic like and it's buggy and the are the economy sucks and like that's it that's arena and i think the biggest problem as uh i've kind of uh whimmed and whammed about is the new player experience the economy is so bad and like the uphill of if you're new to the game i think drafting is Cool and fun in my favorite format, but it takes a while to truly grasp drafting. And sure, you can spend the time to learn it, but, like, not everyone's going to. And if you don't, Arena is nearly impenetrable. So when I know people nowadays, and if they're like, oh, yeah, magic's kind of interesting, I'm like, great, do you want to play? I've got decks. I've got cards. We can play... Whatever format you want, you could just play some kitchen table garbage or commander in person. Yeah. And it's like, if you want to play more, uh, just find more people to play with. Don't play arena. And that's, which is funny because uh, when this episode comes out, uh, the latest set, Nuka Pena, will also already be out. And I will have streamed that again because <laughs> I'm planning to do that as of recording this. And I will still tell you there, I'm going to draft Nuka Pena. You probably shouldn't. Uh, I believe every time that you're drafting on Arena, you say multiple times, do not play Arena. Yeah, it's um, 
it works for me. And I know this, that it works for me because I have spent over a decade drafting like competitively. I am pretty good at it. Am I great? No, but I'm good enough that like I cannot lose my gems quickly and occasionally spike high enough that I will make gems. So like over the course of the last three to four years, I have, I think I'm up near 50,000 gems at the moment, which to put in perspective is like $250 worth of gems <laughs> for drafting. I have not put money into the game. Uh, I, so I know for me, arena works, but also I've been playing magic for 20 years competitively for at least a decade. Like, I think it works for me for that reason. I don't think it works for the normal, like, just someone coming into the game. I can't imagine. Even me, like, starting now, it would feel so much worse. Because when I want to clear my quests, I just play Historic Brawl and play some real degen shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I, uh, I, I, uh, I wanted to like it. And, like, if you really want to play some magic, I feel like it scratches that itch. It's there, but I, I, I'm with you in that, like, I, I have a hard time picturing what it's like for somebody just coming in. Yeah. Like, oh, I want to learn this game. Like, that it feels impenetrable. And I would say the same thing to people that have asked, like, oh, like, how would I get into magic? Like, oh, like, uh, if you want to play, I can bring some cards or you can buy some. And, like, we can just sit down and play. Because that's the funnest way to do it. Yeah. Like, we we should just play. Like, what about the uh, the digital? What's it? Nah, you don't need to play that. Forget that exists. Play with people. That's where the fun is. It's magic. The gathering. <laughs> uh, I know that you can go on, but do you have anything more to want to say? No, I think that's really it. It's like, I understand it scratches the itch. And so people who are magic fans already probably are going to know of or play arena. Um, and if you're in a remote area, I mean, it's good. Your internet's going to suck. So you might just lose the timeout occasionally, but if you can't, you know, see other people, I can see it being useful for that. But for most people, I think arena is not really that good. It's not where you should spend your time. It is a time sink. The economy is bad. And so you should really only be playing it uh if you that like if that's not a problem but like eh, i i as i said i don't recommend arena for people i just don't think it's the i don't think it's good for players i don't think it's the best way to play magic i think it's there if you need it and like because again you're not in a place you can see people so like during the pandemic i guess but play actual magic <laughs> yeah yeah totally well shit what do we do now well now we answer letters from listeners like you what oh god as i said i always feel like i should mark these and then i don't <laughs> um i guess we'll do this one it's a bit long so whoopsie doopsie sorry i've been talking for so long uh, <laughs> hello there again. I haven't sent an email in a while. I don't know how much Jason loves reading these, but I have come back. This one should be short compared to my other emails. In looking back, I realized I had a lot to say. Honestly, 
it's not that long. No, you're good. Like you could you could write whatever you want because I think Lord Britannia's Britannia's proved that you can write whatever you want. It could be an essay about the Essex of Dussex or whatever. <laughs> and like, it's getting said. So at the end of every episode, you always ask to send questions, comments, and concerns. And I had to think for a moment, should I be concerned on how mentally stable you guys are from forcing yourselves to play these games? How do you guys deal with all the bad you get in the games you play? Tell me your ways. Well, um, what you do is uh, are you familiar with um, self-flagellation? I don't know what the mental version of that is. That's just, I believe we have a... Uh, it's, uh, it's, um... You get used to it, right? Weirdly, yeah. Like, I think the first year was the roughest. When, like, Bubsy. We really start uh, playing some shit, and then, like, you, you start to see how deep that rabbit hole goes, and then Sonic happens, and it just keeps going down. But, like, at a certain point, like, you start playing stuff that's not as bad as Bubsy, and everything's kind of just, like, meh. <laughs> yeah, um, there's an amount of just, like, brainwashing. Like, uh, every year, I don't know how many games I'll play, re-record, and I just immediately forget. Yeah. They just wash right out of my brain. And, like... I don't, though. I wish I could. <laughs> I, I'm great at it. Like... <laughs> And which is when people like in emails and at times will quote things that I have said back at me. And I'm like, I have no idea what yeah. you're talking about. Cause it's, yeah, I just, most things roll off cause the really bad ones stick out, but those are fewer and far in between. It, it's one of those things where I have a fascination for game design. And so like picking apart these games and seeing the bad ones is kind of in, is interesting enough that I often don't like it. It's interesting enough to get me through the game to get to the recording, which is the fun part. And then afterwards I just can rinse it from my memory. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. It is easy when a lot of the like bad things and sure, like uh, we play a lot of stuff that if you just picked up or like rented and like you played it for a weekend, you'd be like, what the fuck even is this? Yeah, but it's kind of just a Tuesday for us. So like, I get it. Uh, like, and shit is bad, but so much of it ranges just in middling. It's really not as bad as you might think, except for like you had said, Jason, the really truly bad ones that stick out. Yeah. Uh, also, suggestions. Maybe you guys could do a rare uh, special episode where you talk about a game you enjoyed. I know you guys focus on bad games, but I think me and a few others would like to know your viewpoints on games you like slash love to play. Uh we have done a few of those for the Patreon. Uh, that is the good game, bad game cast, good game cast, talking about things we like to do and stuff. Uh, it's been a while since we've recorded one. Uh, so much for that once a quarter schedule we were shooting for. Yeah, I did. It's one of the weird things where like we have to find a game that we both actually like. For the most part, like that's not as that's not that bad. Yeah, but then it's you know planning and recording that and then. So we have a few of those on Patreon, and that's, I think the idea is, you know, has always been, we want to do more of those Yeah. for Patreon. We have, plugging our Patreon during this section, uh, we have week, not weekly, monthly off topics mm -hmm. where we just talk broadly about gaming news or whatever happens to come up in conversation. Yeah. So some of them are more news focused when there's a lot of news. Some of them are just talking about whatever. Uh, 
So you can uh, tune into those you get every month, as well as the Bad Game Cast, Good Game Cast. Um, we talked about Doom. We talked about another one. Uh, Monster Hunter World yeah. we talked about. Uh, I don't think we've talked about Hollow Knight, though we, we should. No, we haven't done Hollow Knight. Because I want to talk about Hollow Knight for like eight hours at a time. Sounds right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I know we've talked about releasing an off-topic uh, just normally, but uh, I, I think the letter brings up a good point since you didn't say who wrote it. That um, maybe instead of the off-topic where she's just rambling about nonsense, we just would release a game that we actually like and have fun talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that Does that do anything for you, letter writer? <laughs> would that get you to send us a dollar on Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> so that is there. Um, obviously, Patreon, I know it is. It is money out of your pocket. Um but so we might release one of those as kind of a hey here's what we're doing over on Patreon, but if you check that out we would be ever so grateful. Uh, back to the letter. Uh, a game I recently came across was Astral Chain, and I don't know if you have a Switch. Oh but yeah, I loved it, and maybe you could try that out for a game I mentioned for a possible that possible special episode. Yes, I know you already do special episodes, but I do want to hear your opinions. Uh. That one's all anime, right? Yes. Yeah. And then you have the uh, anime thing on a chain, the like monster. I, I haven't played it, but I remember the uh, zero punctuation about it. Oh, sure. It's like I remember, I think I remember seeing like a ad for it, but basically nothing else. <laughs> so I don't, I don't own a Switch, so. Eh. <laughs> I got one. It's right there. Yeah, it's right there. It's got like a orange Joy-Con. An orange and a purple one, yeah. And I've got a blue and yellow one right there. Sure. Well, the... Uh, the ones that came with the Switch were starting to drift something fierce. What? Joy-Con drift? That's not a thing. And then uh, Oldest Child got pissy and put it down too hard and uh, broke one of the Joy-Cons. So I made them replace them because uh, when you're doing breaking stuff, we're learning this lesson early, right? And uh, they managed to fix it uh, before those ones came. But uh, I was like, I don't, I don't care if it's fixed. You broke it. Replace it. And, you know, Joy-Cons ain't cheap. It was a fun conversation with their mom. So, like, uh, they got, like, 70 bucks. <laughs> She's like, yeah, why? And I was like, breaking shit. She got to replace it. Her mom was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> Fuck that noise. Yeah, that tracks. Uh, as always, from one of your listeners, this has been insert registered name here. I ain't registered with nobody. Government doesn't even know I exist. <laughs> well, thank you, registered name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, if anyone else. Has- Mr. Insert just feels weird. That does not roll off the tongue right. Uh, has any questions, comments, concerns, email thebadgamecast at gmail.com. If you want to get in contact with us, with us any other way, uh, we're the, uh, at the Bad Game Cast, the Bad Game Cast on all the socials. Uh, it's YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. We stream typically Monday through Thursday. Uh, Reddit, there's a Discord server you can hop on. We're, we're on. And then, as I plugged earlier, our Patreon. If you really want to go that extra bit and support us and what we do here, patreon.com forward slash the bad game cast. You guys are the best. Yes. Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. You guys are the fucking bestest. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jake Prey. And uh, I guess that does it for us around here. So, for the bad game cast, I've been a green, white enchantment. And I am a planeswalker. Good night, everybody! <laughs>
I say that and then automatically hear the music in my head. Okay, two things. One, can we play more magic? And two, can we get new music? <laughs> yes. Also- <laughs> and yeah, we really should. Yeah, yeah. Like, can we record more games that we enjoy? Technically, yes. Oh, man. It's so much work. Everything's so much work. Yeah, that's life. <laughs> right? Fuck. Fuck. <laughs>